0: I had struggled struggle when I was younger because I was a single parent raising a couple of children, worrying about where the next paycheck and how I was going to feed my kids and keep a roof over their head. And I managed to do all that and put myself back through school and mm-hmm. you know, get a degree. And then I was able to not only tithe but go beyond that and help homeless and help other people that were in need with donations. And then all of a sudden it just kind of all collapsed on me. What does the word hope mean? Oh, gosh, June, I guess it means seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, seeing my life mean something. When I look back on my life, and well, I haven't had great marriages. My sons are not Christian. I was raised in the church. The congregation then at that time was high on obedience and very low on grace. I've never really learned to accept grace. I don't think I've ever really believed that.
1: What does hope mean? Is it wishful thinking that something good will happen? Is it looking for that light at the end of the tunnel? Well, these are great questions, especially during this time of uncertainty surrounding COVID-19. This is Hope for the Heart, and today we're going to listen in on a pre-recorded conversation that June had with a caller. This woman felt an overpowering guilt about her past. The good news is that there is hope. So let's listen as this caller tells June how she's feeling, and June helps her open the door to hope
0: i been in a very low slump in my life, dealing with depression and hopelessness, not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel I'm away from God. I'm nearing retirement age, and the last year of my life, I haven't made good financial decisions. I've been dead over my head, and that's been a great burden on me.
2: Okay, what's happening here? She's what? We're getting, ready to We're getting ready to retire. What's happened? You know Debt. Money. Uh, what'd she say? Debt over overhead yeah she's feeling hopeless depressed and she gets it right out there okay what actually
0: happened i took in a homeless person that didn't end up working out she lived here for about a year and then i ended up borrowing on my retirement to buy a a mobile home for her she uh, ended up moving out and, and i was stuck with that for about nine months making payments on the lot before i could even sell the thing Did you have anybody who knew her? She was a relative of a friend of mine. She didn't manage money well, and I wasn't wise enough to realize that although the promises she made, she wasn't able to fulfill them. Did anyone caution you about her? No. Okay. Do you have several wise people in your life? Well, I've got them, June, but these last few months I have just really withdrawn into a shell. I don't reach out. I've been very proud. It's really hard for me to admit that I need some help. Mm -hmm. I uh, attend a congregation, but I, I quit going like about two months ago. When I get depressed, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. And I look at these bills, and I think I can't pay these. All I want to do is sleep. I just want to sleep.
2: That's what you call escapism. The typical response to depression is isolation, pulling back, not going anyplace, withdrawing, the desire to sleep. I want to ask, are you thinking of doing anything that would harm your
0: body? No, June. Okay. Uh, Thank you. On the other hand, if something happened to me, I don't think I'd fight it. Mm-hmm. i just don't want to go on anymore mm-hmm. but i'm not going to hurry that process right. you've mentioned these bills with the credit cards you know switching them around between this credit card that would give you zero percent for six months I... it just got out of hand Okay. i had to struggle when i was younger because i was a single parent raising a couple of children worrying about where the next paycheck and mm-hmm. how i was going to feed my kids and keep a roof over their head and i managed to do all that and put myself back through school and, mm-hmm. and get a degree and Then I was able to not only tithe, but go beyond that and help homeless and help other people that were in need with donations. And then all of a sudden it just kind of all collapsed on me. You used the word hopelessness. Yes. What does the word hope mean? Oh, gosh, June, I guess it means seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, seeing my life mean something. When I look back on my life, oh, I haven't had great marriages. My sons are not Christian. I was raised in the church. The congregation then at that time was high on obedience and very low on grace. I've never really learned to accept grace. I don't think I've ever really believed that.
2: Okay, now, do you think she's a bad money manager? Having heard that, I'm seeing, I'm seeing heads go, no, not really. So what you're saying is that this one instance was, is that what you're saying? Well, if she raised two children and went back to school and accomplished all of that, mm-hmm. had, at that point in her life, she was, must have been, okay. unless she was going into debt then. Okay, so what you're saying is she did well yes. for what she had. Mm-hmm. So the issue really isn't bad money management, because that's not her makeup or her history. Uh, there is somebody that she did try to help. It's interesting that she didn't check it out, because does she sound fairly intelligent? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anything else you're hearing about her? Do you want to make a comment about? I think
3: she has a very good heart to Christ because she has no bitterness over this lady that hurt her.
2: No bitterness over that lady. Well beyond
3: what was normal. Okay. Now she's got to understand Christ will give a better
2: mm-hmm.
3: life. Mm-hmm. But she must be dealing with a lot of rejection because she said
2: marriage is... Uh, marriage is, that's right. That's right. She Legalistic said that she,
3: she was too proud to ask for help. Uh-huh. Too
2: proud to ask for help.
3: And she said she put herself through school. Uh-huh. She stood a lot under her own power
2: Okay, she, she put herself through school, all right. Listen for clues, because what would cause a fairly intelligent person who knew how to manage money quite well, it wasn't what I thought at the beginning of the call. That's why asking questions really does help a lot. It's what we call peeling the layers of the onion. Many times, what you start with is not at all what you end with.
3: Was she trying to earn her salvation by like it's
2: works? well that's that's a good point she was having a hard time accepting grace or yes so is she an authentic Christian uh, that is something you'd have to find out because if her anchor is elsewhere in the good works then that would be certainly uh, beneficial to see do you see how important it is still to go on and ask the question are you thinking about harming yourself yes.
0: mm-hmm.
2: asking the question is very important When somebody tells you they're hopeless. And sometimes you still don't get the truthful answer. In other words, they'll say no, and then that's not accurate. But at least you need to try to discern what is really the situation.
0: I don't know that I can ever... I've been baptized three times because Uh. I can't really accept that Jesus would forgive me because there's so much wrong that I've done and about... 15, 20 years ago, there was a young lady who started attending church, and she was dealing with a cocaine problem, and her uh-huh. husband was an addict. And I had been a former addict, and she was wanting some support to attend services, and I didn't do it. I could have helped her. She ended up dying of an overdose. So I you blame that guilt yourself? With me, I've carried that yeah. guilt.
2: When you say that, how many let me, times yeah.
0: I wish that I could go back and erase the things that were in the past because mm-hmm. it's a memory; it doesn't go away. When we have
2: chosen wrong, do you see anything in the Bible where God wants us to go over and over and over, just constantly live in a state of remorse?
0: No, June, I don't. But I also worry how many times can I come before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, forgive me. He's got to be tired
2: of this. Well, Peter asked, How many times do you forgive? And of course, Peter was being, you know, seven times, magnanimous. Yeah. He said, Seven times. Look at how Jesus answered the question. He said, No, 70 times seven. Right. And see, that reflects the heart of God. The issue isn't the number. When God says that he forgives our sin and remembers it no more that it's removed as far as the East we'll is from the, the, way the way. West. Does she know scripture? Notice how she was finishing a little... So she wasn't unknowledgeable. Why does she feel guilty? She knows that scripture. it's this legalistic background has caused all this self-condemnation. A legalistic background causing self-condemnation. Okay, could be that, yes? She also has a somewhat distorted view of who God is. Like you mentioned this moment, He removed it as far as the East from the West. But when He
0: says, I choose to remember no more, it's not because He's going to forget it, He's never going to use it against you.
2: Mm-hmm. Possibly a wrong concept of God. But well, she does say she has to keep asking again and again and again Does she trust Him to forgive? Question Is she living with false guilt or true guilt? false guilt. Why do you say false guilt? See, even
3: she believes that Bible verse, she knows that God will forgive her, but she's not accepting
2: it. If she knows God will forgive her, but she's not accepting it. It's very important to realize that we can truly live with false guilt and have no clue that that's even the situation. Um, I think she feels worthy of being forgiven. Do we know why? Why would she be worthy? Because I think she's feels that she made so many mistakes that mm-hmm. that God can't say, okay, it's so forgive you and She's afraid to go to Jesus and mm-hmm. to ask him. If you don't feel worthy, it's how can I keep going back and back? So it's a huge issue of worth.
0: We need to
3: understand uh, which of her parents condemned
2: her. Understand, she said, which of her parents condemned her.
1: What a compelling discussion we're having today and we'll hear more in just a moment. The phone conversation you're listening to first aired on June's program, Hope in the Night, and it was before the news of the coronavirus. If you'd like to talk with June on the air, give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. Right now, let's get back to our broadcast as June talks with this caller about God's hope and grace. If we
2: won't forgive ourselves, doesn't that put us as a higher judge than god have you ever thought about that no you have humbled your heart and received jesus as your lord and savior correct
0: yes that means you've given him control of your life that's time i i feel like i really did okay but then my prayers get cold my heart gets hard i start losing connection with god
2: this is where you've forsaken your first love Do the things you did at first.
0: So what did you do when you were really growing in the Lord? I was very active in the church. I drove the uh, joy bus on Sundays, and I drove Mm. the elderly to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night. I taught a Bible class. I was there. Every time the church doors opened and was really involved in the work and in small groups. But it was a small congregation, and we had a lot of accountability. If something was going wrong in your life, the elders were there at your door. Are you having a problem? Can we talk about it?
2: Instead of isolating, I want you to do the things you did at first. Okay, you're on the phone now with her. Where do you go from here? What do you want to explore her relationship with Christ okay her relationship with Christ does she have support does she
3: have support what is she doing to nurture her relationship now mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. pulled her into addiction because that's the pain lady.
2: Okay. what pulled her into addiction why is it what went on before that she can't forgive herself is it possible that the reason she took this homeless woman in was because of 20 some odd years ago she failed to help somebody and so she was trying to do what was right to make amends yeah and it made even go back to her own
3: addiction because she said I was a drug
2: addict before yeah and so when you hear drug addict then what's that about why was she trying to mask what did she need to cover up in terms of the pain because addiction means I don't like the way I feel. I want to feel different. And there's something that's not resolved. You've got to find out what is it. We haven't gotten there yet. Right? Do you agree? There are too many unanswered questions. I mean, you're asking some good questions. Let's see if we can figure out what this is. Hope isn't just seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, even though that's a great picture. It is knowing that whatever God says is reality for you the bible says we have this hope and it's really talking about christ as an anchor for the soul firm and secure you are not hopeless because where is christ right now in relation to you he seems kind of far right now june i know he seems far
0: but where is he really i think he's probably pretty close
2: (laughs) did you ask him to come into your life Yes. Okay. He is in you because the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is your hope. Biblical hope does not disappoint us. This hope is not subject to change, but it's based on what God has said. In Romans 5, we see, "...we rejoice in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope." and hope does not disappoint us.
0: God okay. was a camp counselor and a camp nurse and a cook, and I've spoken at ladies' retreats, and, but how long can you go on past accomplishments? There was fruit that God produced through you.
2: So what's her disposition? She's done these things, but she feels what? Worthless. Uh Yeah, unworthy, worthless, worthless. I mean I like her, you know there there are people who call in and you think, "Hmm, there's something more here. Um, I hear that she really has given herself to the work of the Lord, and I know you can be busy, busy somehow, I didn't perceive that in, in her, yet we've got to find out what's causing this worthless feeling.
0: I don't know why I feel the need to bring this out. My mother was very abusive. She was very manipulative and controlling with my dad. She would lose her temper very quickly and whip you with whatever was available. She was very abusive emotionally. She would threaten to send me away to this children's home. She'd pack my bag and I'd be crying and, no, oh, mama, don't give me away, don't give me away. She was always going to kill herself. She'd run off several times, you know, and had the gun with her and I would find her with a rope around her neck and over the raft, out in the garage about to hang herself and for one week she hid in the house for a total week behind the couch in the living room. Daddy and I didn't know where she was until Dad came home to her early one day and she didn't quite get back behind the couch. These were all very bizarre behaviors. She actually tried to kill me, hit me down on the floor with her arms around my throat and I managed to push her off with my knees and feet and ran out of the house. And then she was very two-faced because then after I ran off, she called my brother down from another town, and he was there when we went back to the house. And then she says, Oh, well, my little girl he Went hugs me. And, you know, she could be yanking my hair out before church on Sundays, but then on church, she wants to hug me and say how cute her little girl looks. And she was mistreating my dad. There were times when dad was bedridden, and He was laying there stark naked on the plastic of the bed because he had wet the bed. He couldn't help it. And Mm. Mother had gotten mad because he had done that and just left him laying in there. And Daddy's laying there trying to cover his privates, you know. She would slap him.
2: Are the dots connecting? Yes. Why would she feel worthless? Was she treated as though she had worth? No. Her father was mistreated. And, you know, this woman was mentally ill yet had tremendous impact. So, did she receive unconditional love? Why would she think that God would love her? Why would she think that God would forgive her? She's hurting. Desperately hurting. What can she do with where she is right now? Mother is dead. Her father is dead. Forgive them both anyway. Ask God to heal your heart for whatever you've had against them. Okay. Yes, you did have an emotionally ill mother, and it is very painful. Have you actually even been able to truly forgive her, or
0: is that still a rugged thing? June, it may still be a rugged thing. Mm-hmm.
2: As long as you're emotionally captive to the past, it's going to impair your whole view of the future. I'd like for us to talk about what God would have you do in regard to the memories so that you can have healing of those memories. I want you to be making a list, write out everything that you can think of that had to do with your mother, every pain, every offense, every judgmental spirit, anything cruel, any emotions that you had in regard to her. And I want you to pray, God, enable me to not be a prisoner of my past, but to experience freedom from my past so that I can live in the future. That you have for me. I want you to focus on this one scripture in particular. Anyone who lives among the living has hope. That's what God's Word says. You are living right now, and you have God's hope. Let's talk about now. What is she dealing with? What are the main issues?
1: True forgiveness.
2: Okay, there's unforgiveness. Self-worth. Self-worth yeah guilt helplessness helplessness she can't change the past can't she? listen that's one of the major problems when you've truly been victimized there's nothing you can do to change I think the one of the most important passages is Romans 8 1 when I have anyone that I'm talking with who is dealing with self-condemnation then Romans 8 1 there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
1: Certainly the best gift anyone could receive is the hope of Jesus by beginning a personal relationship with Him. One of the men or women in our Hope Care Center can talk to you about this. The number to call is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. For more about hope and how hope can be the anchor for your soul, go to hopefortheheart.org. Here you'll find a free download on this topic, and you can order our Keys for Living to discover more about this one true hope. Again, that's hopefortheheart.org. Now, here's June. The Apostle Paul
2: experienced three literal shipwrecks. One was when he was a prisoner on a ship headed for Rome. A treacherous storm arose, and eventually all on board lost hope. They felt absolute despair with no expectation of good. During this terrifying time at sea, Paul's ship encountered hurricane-strength winds, and the crew used not just one, but four anchors in an effort to save both their ship and their lives. In the midst of our own personal storms, rather than drowning in a sea of hopelessness, the Lord calls us to put our hope in Him, allowing Him to be our anchor and relying on His promises. As Christians, God promises to give us hope. Look at Romans 5. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us.
1: You're listening to June Hunt and Hope for the Heart. For more about this one true hope, visit us online at hopefortheheart.org. Here at Hope for the Heart, we know that life has been different, but we also know that COVID-19 can't cancel God's work, and it can't stop us from sharing His hope with others. Listen to this.
3: Caregivers come from different backgrounds, education, and experience, but they all have one thing in common, a desire to help those who are hurting. Lifeline to Hope is a brand-new caregiver training offered by Hope for the Heart. This 10-week video-based program can help you deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church, biblical caregivers who can help meet the needs of hurting people, connecting lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This comprehensive training shows the biblical model for caregiving and includes sessions on effective listening, crisis intervention, family dynamics, having a ministry of presence, and more. Proverbs 11.14 reminds us that where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org.
1: Well, can you imagine what your church and community might look like with Lifeline to Hope caregivers? For more about this caregiver training, go to lifelinetohope.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolfe. For daily access to biblical hope and practical help, join June on Facebook. And as we sign off today, remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Have a great weekend and meet us back here Monday for more about this hope right here on Hope for the Heart.